Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. I'm going to just share uh, a word with you this morning. And uh, every Father's Day, uh, I try to share a word regarding dads. Um, This morning, I want to challenge you with with this word. If you would turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 3. Uh, verse 16, and as, as you stand to your feet and as we, we open our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 3, I want to kind of set this up for you. Uh, Jesus is, um, he, he's walking to the river, and as he's walking to where John the Baptist is, he comes up to where John the Baptist and his followers are, and everyone's getting baptized, and when John the Baptist sees Jesus, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And John sees Jesus, his cousin, and he recognizes that immediately that Jesus is is the one that that should be baptizing him. And, And so he refuses initially to baptize Jesus, but Jesus says this, no... This must be done so that everything must be fulfilled. I got to do this, in other words, to obey my father. And so I'm going to allow myself to be baptized by someone that I should be baptizing. And so as a result, Jesus submits himself to the will of his father. And when he does so, it opens up doors that sometimes our relationship with our father isn't where it's supposed to be. It's not where we wish it to be. And unfortunately, Father's Day isn't a happy day for some people. Father's Day, your dad wasn't the person that he needed to be in your life. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't there. He was always working. Or maybe he was there and your, your dad caused some pain in your life. But whatever the situation was... This morning, I want to challenge you with something. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, it says this. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. I need you to understand that when you're obedient to your Father, heaven will open to you. Say it again, Pastor. When, When you're obedient to your Father, because God's a God of authority. Come on, somebody. And when you're obedient to your father, all of a sudden the heavens open up to you. And the Bible says, and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and a light and lightning on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. But bow your heads and pray with me. Father, help. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to understand that this morning we're we're starting a new series on our Dominion series called Family Matters. We're going to take time to focus on on family, about building stronger families. Because the church is only as strong as the family is. 
If you have a weak, a weak man, you have a weak family. If you have a weak family, you have weak neighborhoods. Weak neighborhoods produce weak cities. Weak cities produce weak states. Weak states end up producing weak nations. And so if you take a look at our nation as a whole, the only way we're going to change it is to get back to the man once again. I need you to understand this principle as I, as I move forward this morning. I need you to recognize our society is not suffering from punishment from God. Sometimes we look at the situation in America and think that God is punishing us. No, I, we can trace every problem of society to a principle that we have broken of God's. Let me say that again. Every problem in society can be traced to a violation of one of the laws of God. In fact, let, let me put it this way and let me be as bold as to say this. You don't break the law of God. You can't break God's law. You can attempt to violate them, but you cannot break them because they're unbreakable. I need you to recognize something because you can't break it. You don't break the law of gravity. You, you can try to do something. You can, you can try to, to, to change it, but I'm telling you right now, you step on the top of this building and you say gravity doesn't exist and you walk off the top of this building, you're going to come crashing down and whether you believe in the law of gravity or not, the law's going to kick in and it's going to pull your butt right down to the ground. Why? Because you don't break the law of gravity. In the same manner, you don't break the laws of God. You can attempt to violate them, but the law will kick in, and all of a sudden, you will find the results of breaking that law. See, ignoring the principle of God doesn't change the consequences of it. You can do all you want to try to ignore a principle and say it doesn't exist, but that you're still going to be left with the consequences. And so what I'm trying to get across to you this morning is that when God said that the household should be founded on a father and then we remove dad from the family and then we got families that are two moms, families that are two dads, we got families that are split apart, dad's been removed from the home. If you take a look at statistics, and I'm talking facts with with you right now, you take a look at the condition of America today, and we go to the factual studies, you find out that according to stats, that people that don't have their biological father in the home are going to be poorer, they're going to be less educated, they're going to find themselves in, in criminal activity, they might find themselves incarcerated, you are going to find them in being individuals that are struggling with emotional distress. Because dad is gone. Now, some of you, your lucky dad left because dad would have jacked you up even more because dad was messed up. Because he didn't have a dad to show him the way. But when we remove a father from the home, all of a sudden we remove the covering from a family as well. And the family unit begins to, get, begins to deteriorate. Do you know, by taking a father out of the home, do you know that we in America today, we spend over, check this out, this is the cost, over a hundred billion, a hundred billion, a hundred billion dollars a year. On fatherless children. 
Because you cannot break the laws of God. You're not going to fix America by getting a better president. We're not going to fix this nation by getting better programs. We're not going to fix this nation by trying to change this and change that, pass this law and pass that law, until we get a dad back in the home, until we get real men to stand up and to father their children and to create a a household. We are going to continue to struggle in this manner. I don't know if anyone's hearing me this morning. See, but God's always chosen the father. God always starts with the man. You take a look at the word of God. God always chose a man. And from that man, he creates a family. And from that family, he creates a nation. I don't know if you're you're, you're catching this, but I want you to see something this morning. Every man in here, every boy in here, whether you are a boy or whether you are a man, whether you are a child, if you are a male, you are a father. Why? Because fatherhood is already in you. Whether you have children or not, it's already in you. And every boy is a man and every man is a, is a father. Because God placed that in you before you were ever born. Every, every man, every boy wants to become a dad someday. He can see a little him running around. He, he wants that ability to give of himself and to share himself. He wants a legacy of himself to go on. Why? Because in every little boy is a man and every man there is a father. It's in us. And so I want you to recognize what happened. The role of the father is so important that God the father knew it was important enough to make sure Jesus had one as well. If the the position of father wasn't important, why didn't God just bring Jesus into the world without even having a dad? But not only that, God the father became Jesus' dad. I want you to notice something this morning. What does a father provide? I want you to take a look here in... As we take a look here in in, in Matthew chapter 3 again, when Jesus comes out of the water, the Bible says, a voice from heaven said, this is my son. Everyone say, this is my son. There's three statements or three things I want you to understand that that this very statement that that, uh, God gives is what every child needs from his father. Every child, this answers who, who I am and it answers whose I am. God the Father, when Jesus comes out of the water because of obedience, he says this, this is my son. The very first statement God the Father gives is a statement of acceptance. You're mine. You're, have you ever done anything and your parents or your mom or dad said, you know, I don't know you, I don't want you, you, you I got nothing to do with you. That there's nothing worse than when your father or your mother or the person that you rely on all of a sudden says, I don't want you anymore. God the Father stands and says, this is my son. I accept you. You are mine. And my message to every one of you this morning, whether you came from a good family, a bad family, whether your dad was there or not, whether you were rich or poor, black or white, whether you got, whether things went well or things went bad, I need you to know this morning that your father in heaven says, you are my son. I accept you just the way you are. I love you when you're good. I love you when you're bad. You're mine. You're mine. And this generation that we have today wants to be accepted. Constantly wanting acceptance. 
The young generation wants acceptance. They want, they want us to embrace them. But my generation wants respect. And so we're fighting with that generation. Respect me. And they're yelling now, accept me. And we're demanding respect. We want them to treat us. You know, I was raised in an era, and you, you guys remember this, and we were raised in an era, we honored elders. If someone older than us got on a bus, you got up and you gave them their seat. You didn't cuss out someone older than you. You didn't talk down to people that were older than you. You responded, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. But this generation, our generation, we wanted respect. But this next generation is coming up. They don't give a rip about your role. They don't care who you are. They don't care what your position is. All they want is someone, will you please accept me? We cannot parent from just a position of parenting. I've experienced this more than one occasion where I, I, my, I can't get my kids to love me just because I'm dad. I can't, I can't father them from a position only. And so many times in my generation, we use position, not relationship. And that's why kids end up choosing friends over their parents. Because the friends accept them. Bad attitude and all. Bad decisions and all. But I need you to understand something this morning. I need you to understand that we got to let our children know I love you when you're good and I'm going to love you when you're bad. You're my daughter when you're living with me and you're my daughter when you moved out. I loved you when you took the money. I loved you when you ran. I loved you when you found yourself in another country. I found I loved you when you were in the pig's pen. I loved you when you got up and I loved you when you started on your way home. I loved you when I saw you afar off and I loved you when I embraced you when you came home. I need you to know that you're mine regardless Regardless of when you're good, you're mine when you're bad, you're mine when you're strung out, you're mine when you don't serve my God, you belong to me, regardless if whether you do what I want you to do, you are still mine. You're still mine. We need to accept our kids. I heard a preacher say one time, say, say you know what? My son might become a Muslim. All right, you can't eat any of the ribs. Just get yourself some potato salad then. We're family. We're family. We're family. I accept you. I love you. I'm going to love you. Jesus goes on or God goes on and says, This is my son whom I love. Oh, come on. Somebody say amen. From, from, from acceptance, when, when, when you accept someone, it opens the doors to love. You, you, can't, you can't accept someone, you can't love someone until you accept them. 
And in order for me to love you, I got to accept you the way you are. I can't, I can't try to love you with conditions. I can't try to love you based on if you do this and if you do that. I got to love you. Love has to be when I accept you, I accept you as you are. And I love you. When my daughters came out, I held them and I didn't know what they were going to be. I didn't know who they were going to become, but I loved them from the moment I held them in my arms, from the moment I saw them, from the moment that life came, that life is mine. That life, I, I chose to love them. I accepted them. The problem is they grow up. When they would cry, you put a choopy in their mouth and all of a sudden the crying would stop. Now they won't take the choopy. See, I need you to understand that they, that, that you know what, if, if we don't love them, they're going to look for love somewhere else. If they don't find love from dad, if they don't find love from mom, they're going to find it. They're going to look for it. They're going to search for it somewhere else. You see, I want you to understand they're not going to go on without it. They're not going to go on without love. They're not going to go on without affection. They're going to find it somewhere. They're going to find that love somewhere. And if we don't provide it, they're going to find it in the arms of a dude. They're going to find it in the arms of a young lady that you don't approve of, that you don't like. It's going to happen. They're going to find it. See, I need you to understand something. When the heavens don't open and there's no voice speaking, our kids end up suffering from identity theft. What am I saying? Listen closely to me, fathers. Silence speaks loudly. Silence, not saying anything, is the loudest thing our kids hear. The heavens must open, and they must hear, I love you. They must hear, I love you. You. You know what's sad is our generation, at least my father's generation, I love you rarely came out. They, 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 they would tell their wives when they got married, I loved you that wedding day. I told you I loved you 32 years ago. Why do I got to say it again? <laughs> See what I'm saying? But that generation, they worked hard. They showed their love by how hard they worked. They showed their love by getting up every morning. They showed their love by going to work when it was raining. They went to work when they were sick. They went to work when things were struggling. They went to work when things were good. They went to work when things were bad. They brought home the check. They made sacrifices. They made things work. They maybe never said, I love you. But this is a generation that can't, that can't survive on that anymore. We need to see your effort by showing that you love me, by going to work, but I need you to open your mouth and I need you to tell me you love me. I need you to hear. I need to hear from you that you love me. This is my son whom I'm, I love and whom I am well pleased. Acceptance opens the door to affection. And affection from there becomes affirmation. L- listen, listen as I close this morning to this. 
Every kid needs affirmation. We all do. I, I, I could go weeks as a child when my mom said I did a good job. I, I can go on forever when my dad would look at me and say, Mijo, I'm proud of you. That, 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 that just fired me up. That, that, that was the fuel to get me going. When I got, uh, I'm proud of you. When I got a good job, when I got a pat on the back, the affirmation. He says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. I'm pleased with you. See, we all have kids and we've all had children that we love. We all have kids that we've accepted. But we haven't always been pleased with them. I sat in a counseling session with the parent and the mom looked at her son and said, listen, I love you, but I don't like you. I don't like you. I hate you sometimes. And I can understand as a youth pastor, I sat there thinking, man, that was harsh. But as a parent, I understand that now. All the parents say. God affirmed Christ throughout his life, at his baptism, at the Mount of Transfiguration, even at the cross, through it all. Every time Jesus went through a major thing in his life, God the Father shows up and says, I'm pleased with you. You're doing a great job. You keep going. I got your back, son. The Bible tells a story of when the disciples rebuke the children for coming to Jesus. And they're pushing the kids away and Jesus tells them, hey, 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 leave, leave, leave them alone. Let the kids come to me. See, this is what the kingdom of heaven's all about. And, and the Bible says that he comes and he takes the kid. And, and the Bible says that he blessed them. The, the, the uh, Greek word for bless is where we get our English word eulogize or eulogy. Where, where have you heard the word eulogy at? Funeral. And what's a eulogy become? What's that? Life story of someone. And so when someone shares the eulogy, they get up here, they open up the paper, and whether the person was, was a good, bad, or indifferent man, there's usually at least two to three pages that encapsulate the whole life of that individual we're mourning. And, and the eulogy tells something about them. And you know what? I've been to so many, so many funerals. I've done so many funerals. Some men you got to lie about in order to get them to heaven. I mean, you're telling so many lies that sometimes a family gets up and goes over to the casket to make sure that's the same person. <laughs> they talking about my dad? And we start blessing. Eulogy means to bless. And I want you to notice something about this word. It, it, it means to speak well of, to praise, extol, or to bless. And it bothers me. Why do we talk good about people who are dead? Why do we take time and share four pages of how great you were where you can't even hear it anymore? People don't need your affirmation when they're dead. 
They don't need your blessings when they're gone. Give me a blessing now. Talk about me now. Speak about me now. Tell me I'm good right now. Tell me you're proud of me right now. Let me know that you're proud to be my dad. Let me know that you're proud to be my mom. Tell me as a father. Tell me as a son. Son, I'm proud of you. I don't need to hear it when I'm gone because I can't. I need to hear it now. Can you imagine? You imagine being Jesus or those little kids and every one of those little kids he brings over to him. He puts them in their arms and he eulogizes them. He speaks well of them. I would have loved to have been one of those kids and hear the blessing Jesus gave to them babies. What did they become? Who did they become after the Son of God spoke into them? What did they go on to do after Jesus speaks, puts his hand on their head and blesses these kids? When Jesus gives them a word of blessing, of, of encouragement, who could you have become if someone that you cared about in your life actually took time to say, I believe in you. You're powerful. You're great. You can do this. You're amazing. You're strong. I'm proud of you. After the Father says this, Jesus ends up in the wilderness and Satan attacks him for 40 days. And the first thing he attacks is Jesus' identity. If you are the Son of God. Why did Jesus last through it? Because he knew who he was. Because his father accepted him, affirmed him, He loved him. He accepted him. So what am I telling you this morning? What if the enemy came after our kids and our kids were able to stop and say, hey, wait a minute. My daddy says. You know what? You're no good. No, 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 no. My daddy said. Pastor Dan, you don't know the fact that my dad isn't, wasn't a good dad. He's gone from my life. You know what? That's why God is the father. That is why God is the father. Now, I've heard, I've heard people say in, in certain cultures, and they've told us when we try to minister to the African-American community or the Latin community, that there's this movement going around within the church circles that say, stop referring to God as Father, because some of these people have had such a bad experience with their dad. we got to come across and stop turning them off to God as a father. And let's refer to him as a mother. Let's refer to him from the nurturing method. No, God knew what he was doing when he said, I am a father to the fatherless. 
Don't change his gender. You don't change who he is. It's time to, that you understand your dad might not have been there, but you got a heavenly father that is in heaven right now looking down on you, and he's saying this, that is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm pleased with you. You didn't give up. I'm pleased with you. You didn't throw in the towel. I'm pleased with you. John, I'm pleased with you. You could have given up, but you're still standing. I'm pleased with you, mijo. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You did a good job. You're doing a good job. I'm proud of you. You're a great dad. I'm proud of you. Proud of the sacrifices. I'm proud of you. You're becoming a man. Even the fact that dad's not around, you're becoming a great man. You're a great father. You're a great dad. Amazing dad. Amazing. Put your hand down, Tom. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Oh, good Lord, this guy knows how to blow a moment. Oh, Lord. My Jesus. Listen, dads, we're on the clock. We're on the clock. For every young lady, every young man that's here right now, and your dad's not part of your life, he was abusive, he wasn't there for you. On behalf of your dad that's not here. I'm sorry. It wasn't your fault. I'm sorry for not being there when you needed me. I'm sorry I was too caught up in my own life that I wasn't there for you. But please know that I love you. It wasn't you. I was dealing with stuff in my own life, struggling with my own issues. But know that you've always been loved. On behalf of your heavenly father, he says he loves you. This is my son, my daughter. In you, I'm well pleased. He loves you. Bow your heads with me this morning. Lord, I just ask healing upon the hearts of those in this place where dad has been absent. Where dad has been gone. Where dad hasn't been what he needed to be. Father, forgive us, us men that haven't been a good example of what a father is. Lord, forgive us for the damage that we've caused. 
But I ask freedom right now in Jesus' name. Ask peace right now. I ask comfort over your children in Jesus' name. Bring healing right now, my God. If you, if you need healing, you just need, just need healing from maybe a bad father relationship. You just need healing from just that feeling. Maybe you haven't been accepted. Maybe you haven't been loved. Maybe you haven't been affirmed. If that's you right where you are, just, I'm not going to call you up. I just want to pray with you right where you are. Would you just lift your hand in the air? just want to acknowledge you. God bless 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 you. Father, you see every hand that's lifted in this place. And I just ask, my God, your grace. I ask your peace, Father God. I just ask that you would bring healing, my God, to every heart. Pray, Father God, that you would forgive us for the lack of times that we let our kids down. Father, I pray, my God, that you would take away the pain of yesterday, bring healing for today, and to know that although I may have been, may have been damaged by my earthly father, that I have a heavenly father that loves me, a heavenly father that cares for me, and that will never never, will never let me down. Never hurt me. Never damage me. Never break a promise. But that accepts us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.